You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. Day four. Was an SEC champion. The birds are chirping a little louder. The sun is a little brighter. Uh, Jupiter and Saturn have aligned. You think any of that's due to global warming versus the SEC championship? Or COVID or something. <laughs> I know. God, Birds are I, I can't make... They all have COVID. They're screaming for help. <laughs> Here's the problem. You can't make a global warming joke without somebody getting pissed on one of the other side. So I'm sorry I did that. I, I, if I have any sense, I'll delete that joke, but I'm not going to because I have no sense. Um, yeah, COVID <clears throat> jokes are also hilarious. COVID jokes are. They, they, I mean, they're, they're the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Jimmy, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in during this Christmas break. We hope a lot of you are doing just like we're doing, which is uh, getting any excuse to get away from our various families. And I think that's what the Auburn coaching search is about, getting away from the family, because it seems like everybody's, you know, in fact, I was literally, I was in the shower 10 minutes ago. There's an image you didn't want on Christmas, but uh, I was in the shower 10 minutes ago and I had the thought, you know, this coaching search is I see why Auburn is they consider themselves a family because this coaching search is going down a lot like my family would handle some kind of coaching search in the sense that there's a lot of infighting. Nobody knows what the other one is doing. And in the end, it's going to be a total cluster screw. So cool that uh, so cool that at your uh, family uh, family holiday things, Kevin Steele sits at the head of the table. What a what a coincidence! Because you know, I think it was Stephen Godfrey, who's a, who's a, uh, a I don't even know. How to, I guess he's a college football journalist, reporter, or whatever. But Stephen Godfrey had a really good uh, point. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He's always got some interesting things to say. Um. He he tweeted something, so I'm stealing this from him because it just feels right. Look, why would a Sunbelt USA coach in the same day turn down a top 15 job? And I know Alabama fans don't sometimes look at Auburn that way, but but it is in terms of money, facilities, the conference they play in. They play in the toughest division and the toughest conference in all of college football access to players again great facilities they just paid their coach 20 mil 21 uh money big paying big time football job and it's turned down in the same day by conference usa and some and a sunbelt coach that to me i have a hard time believing it's not due to one of two things uh with the first thing being they are making the job not fun. They're making the job harder than it needs to be. In terms of what Bill Clark and Billy Napier heard from Auburn, they're like, well, I wanted this job, but now that you're describing it to me, I do not want this job. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to do that. I want to work. I want to be the head coach at Auburn, but I don't want to work under these conditions, whatever those conditions are. I mean, that, that's pretty obvious that but Billy Napier makes like $800,000. He would have 
quadrupled his income and said, no, thanks. Bill Clark yeah. works. It, Bill Clark's office at UAB is probably some sort of trailer. And he said no. So that's crazy. So either so either it's that or this, which is that it's Kevin Steele. It's always been Kevin Steele. The people that are actually running the show say it's Kevin Steele. And then a president steps in and says, look, yeah, okay, it's going to be Kevin Steele, but we, we need to put on a charade. We need to at least pretend like we considered someone else. Well, so, okay. So that, it's got to be one of those two things. Give a me charade. something else that it could a be. A charade is one thing, but they've turned it into a, a romantic comedy. And, and because I think, it, because I had this thought at the end when you said, is Kevin Steele has always been Kevin Steele. Do you think at the end, the powers that be go, you know, at the end of this complete cluster screw, which stars Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, <laughs> that the powers that be go to Kevin Steele and go, it's always been you, Kevin Steele. It's always been you. <laughs> I hope they feel that. And then, and then like, you know, it does like an, I love Lucy, a heart fade away. And it just Auburn coaching search and, and big uh, movie title block. Or, um, you know, the other thing I have, it, it reminds me of, there, there was a great Simpsons episode where, I forget they were trying to pass some bill which made all the sense in the world. Like, okay, uh, we're going to fund. I think it may have been when the meteor was about to crash into Springfield and they were like, we want to, we need our, our government to pass a bill so that we can build a machine to destroy this meteor. And at the very end of it, one, one uh, Senator or Congressman or whatever raised his hand and said, I want to tack a router to that bill for the pornographic arts. And everybody was like, okay, bill denied, you know, because it, it's like, <laughs> it's like Auburn said, okay, here's, here's the deal, Billy Napier or Bill Clark or literally anybody other than Kevin Steele. Um, we want to give you $5 million a year. And they're like, Oh, cool. We want to let you play in the SEC West and you're going to get tons of exposure and you're going to get a deal with Mama Goldbergs and all this other bullshit. Oh, this sounds great. You're going to get all the Tiger Tigers unlimited gear you could possibly want. Oh, that, that sounds great. Now, there's one little asterisk. Anders Carlson gets to kick you in the taint twice a week. And they're like, wait a minute, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, no, that's just part of the deal. That's what we do with all our coaches. We, we kick them in the tank twice a week and it's painful, but it's, it's worth it for all this other stuff. You will do it for your family. And they're like, I'm not doing that. You know, it's, why? because what they're doing, it sounds like is they're saying you must hire Rodney Garner and you must hire Kevin Steele and you right. must hire Travis Williams and you must hire Cadillac Williams. And here, this, this is the problem with having a quote unquote family, because I understand every Auburn fan I know loves them from Travis Williams. And he's a pretty good recruiter. He's not the best recruiter. He's pretty good. Cadillac Williams. They love Cadillac Williams because he was an awesome running back. And that's fine. Um, they love Bo Jackson because he was an incredible, incredible human specimen. And that's fine. But see, when you keep putting Bo Jackson, and God bless him, I, I love the dude. He's a superhuman being. But why do you keep putting Bo Jackson on the search committee? What, is, what does that have to do with anything? Why is, it, why is it so important to have Rodney Garner 
on the coaching staff or Cadillac Williams on the coaching staff or Travis Williams? Does Travis Williams recruit at the same level as dudes at Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama and Georgia? No, he doesn't. He recruits one notch below them. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. But is it worth sabotaging your entire coaching search to have some of these former Auburn quote unquote greats on the staff? It's not. And they can't figure that out. They can't understand why a, a coach is like, hey man, I, I think Travis Williams is pretty good, but when I come with when I come to be coach, I want dudes I know. I don't want dudes you know. That's exactly. Yeah, uh, I think ultimately it boils down to this one little piece of irony. Uh, it, it just kind of boils down to this. Kevin Steele will be the only coach they interview in which they tell him, you do not have to retain Kevin Steele as your defensive <laughs> coordinator. No, and, I'm and, and, and ultimately, put, that's why he'll take the job. They'll still put that in there. They're like, okay, now you still have to be coach of defense. And he, even Kevin Steele would probably like, no dice. No, I'm not going to do it. Don't make me hire an Auburn guy. Don't make me hire myself. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, let me tell everybody. I'm sorry. I got to gather myself. This is this. I have to laugh. It's sort um, of funny because it's not our turn in the barrel. That's the, that's why it's funny. It's not our turn in the barrel. We get to laugh at everybody else as Alabama fans apparently only can recall our coaching searches that ended with Bear Bryant and Nick Saban and not the ones that ended with Mike Price. I know, but I, I'll tell you what. That line of, that Auburn fans are saying and, and guys like War Bloggle or keep tweeting out, like, hey, if it wasn't for Rita Rodriguez, y'all wouldn't have Nick Saban, so y'all just be patient. Hey, that line's wearing a little thin. And as it, I think it was Hunter Johnson responded with, okay, here's the deal, War Bloggle. If y'all end up uh, screwing around and hiring Nick Saban, we'll say, okay, we're even. But y'all ain't hiring Nick Saban. So anyway, uh, I got an, I got a funny story in a minute, but uh, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Look, Jimmy and I are cutting this podcast at 8.15 Eastern Time, 7.15 Central Time, and I still would love to have a Coors Light because it's delicious. <laughs> and because I'm celebrating responsibly Auburn's disastrous coaching search, Coors Light is the beer made to chill. And I know for a fact Auburn fans – need to chill so they want some cores like go to circle k go to piggly wiggly go to win dixie go to walmart go to target go wherever they sell cores light and that's literally everywhere so go get you some cores light get ready for a big time christmas if you are, are a female or a male and you're if you're a human being listening to this podcast and no matter what gender you identify with if you would get your significant other who's 21 or older a six pack or a case or a half case or whatever of, of Coors Light for Christmas, you've hit a home run, my friend. Santa Claus will give you a wink and a nod from the North Pole, and uh, we would all appreciate it here at Locked On Bama. Now, you can go to their website, www.coorslight.com, or you can uh, tweet at them, and they'll probably tweet back at you if you want to be like viral for a minute. That's fine. But please do celebrate responsibly. And when you're in the Golden, Colorado area, check out their facility. It's super cool. I've been there. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Go to CoorsLight.com or just go to the store and get you some Coors Light. You really don't want to go to the website because that's not going to help you. You need to go to the store and pick you up some. Meanwhile, also want to tell everybody about Built Bar. 
Built Bar is delicious. You want to talk about a stocking stuffer, man. These are the way to go. Go to Built Bar really quickly. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get 20% off your order. These health bars are delicious. I hesitate to call them health bars because that scares people. But it's I'm telling you, these are like eating a Reese's cup that uh, aren't going to kill you. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> they they make you they make you feel better. You have energy. Um, they're he- I have the uh, I love the carrot cake. That's my favorite. The carrot cake is the way to go. But there's all kind of other flavors. There's 18 total flavors at builtbar.com. Why on earth wouldn't you try like 10 of them and just look, prove me wrong? But I dare you to find one that doesn't taste good. I double dog dare you. There's no way the Auburn coaching search couldn't screw up a built bar. So go to builtbar.com. <laughs> And use promo code locked on ASAP and go get you some built bars just in time for Christmas because you know you're about to gain some weight. And then you can have these built bars as a backup when you start lifting weights again after the Christmas season. Builtbar.com. Okay, Jimmy, um, let's let's take a tangent away from the Auburn coaching search just for a minute. And uh, you know, I, this pisses me off. Oh, I did say I had a funny story. Uh, I, and really quickly. When I it, when you were talking about uh, the, the the some the Kevin Steele or whatever, and I said I have to laugh. I want to talk about the reason for that is because a long time ago, um, you know how at a blackjack table that if like uh, uh, or any casino, like if a die if a if a die rolls off the craps table or something like that happens, oh my god, my heater in my hotel just kicked on. Sorry about that. Sounds like a cave just opened up in here. Um, but uh, if a, or if a card hits the ground or something, they go card down or dice down or whatever like that. Sometimes, well, one of my friends, an older gentleman, was uh, pretty inebriated, and he fell out of his chair. And it was like this older Asian gentleman, and um, that was dealing the cards. And and my friend was like just drunk as a skunk, and he fell down. And the, and the guy turns to his pit boss, like stops dealing, puts both hands on the table like you're supposed to do, turns to his pit boss and goes, customer down. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all fell out because it was hilarious. And, um, and then, and, and like the pit boss kind of looked at him for a second. He started to laugh and then he was like, wait a minute, that guy's a big player. You may not need to do that. And, uh, the guy goes, I have to laugh. <laughs> and so we, we were like, yeah, man, you laugh. I mean, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's all good. But, um, anyway, uh, so that's why I say I have to laugh. So, uh, anyway, did the I, I, I drove to Indianapolis yesterday. Right. And so I'm listening to all these serious XM talking heads and, Boy, nobody will piss you off like Rick Neuhausel and Chris Childers because all they really they seem to they they seem to, to get so worked up. They talk about how passionate they are for college football, and then they all they did the day after the college football playoff is revealed is bitch about people like San Jose State not getting a chance or no. Coastal Carolina. And I'm like, look, guys, look, 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 look. You you, it, you can talk, these are talking points, but for the, they're for the summer. And I'm not a big – I don't want Notre Dame in this thing any more than y'all do. I'm an Alabama fan, and I don't want to lay up against Notre Dame, which is what I think we have. I would rather somebody give us a good game. I really would. I enjoy going to the good games. Yes, the joyless murder ball is fun from time to time, but frankly, the best times I've ever had are like the, the Clemson game out in Phoenix. I mean, that was awesome. Even though we lost in 2016 in Tampa, that game was awesome. The Georgia game, at least the second half – 
in Atlanta was incredible. I want I want the best on the best. That's what that's how legends are made. So, yeah, I want team, better teams too. But please spare me the the violin of uh, song of of these San Jose States and Coastal Carolinas getting here. They, it's fine. I think they had a great season. I do, and and I, and I, I applaud them. And I would be totally fine. I think it is sort of BS that Coastal Carolina has to play Liberty in a bowl game, which I assume is happening because they kept talking about it. I hadn't actually looked that up because I don't care. Uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. Oh. oh, I thought they said that's what's happening. I think uh, isn't South Carolina playing Liberty? I think South no. South Carolina's, Carolina's playing UAB, man. Oh, that's right. Boy, Maybe we are right. on top of our Maybe game. Right. <laughs> uh, this is an uh, this is locked on Bama. I know who Alabama's playing. I'm really yeah, sure. me too. But I'm my really point sure. Is, I think it's Notre Dame. My point is, can these guys? I mean, and then last night that uh, Jason Horowitz and some uh, Max Starnes or Starks or something, they kept talking about, yeah, it's just not fair. San Jose State never has a chance, and I'm like. Of course they don't, because, see, San Jose State gets to beat up these really terrible teams, and all these other teams have – I mean, Alabama's playing three of the top ten, number one. Number two, yeah, I, I think it's kind of BS that Ohio State gets hit with six wins, but it's a COVID year, so I can I can overlook it. And besides, who would else would you put in there, Texas A&M? I mean, Texas A&M – there's problems there too. Um, and then yeah, Notre Dame beat Clemson and lost to Clemson. Let me, let me tell you what Clemson would do to San Jose state. We all know this. It would be illegal. It wouldn't be fair. <laughs> and so, or coastal Carolina and I, Hey, look, coastal Carolina might beat South Carolina. I agree with you. South Carolina might be the worst team in the sec too, you know? So <laughs> it's not fair to, 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 to judge it by that. What would coastal Carolina do against A&M Alabama uh, Georgia, Florida, they wouldn't do well. We know this. And don't pretend you don't know this. Don't pretend like this is something you can't figure out. Like, who knows what will happen? I know what will happen. You know what will happen. So, I mean, is it really that much better to do that? And also, they keep talking about for the health of the sport. It's not that good that these four teams keep getting in. Hey, nobody's stopping anybody else from getting in. Just beat Alabama. Beat Clemson. You can't do it. That's the problem. Yeah, I get frustrated when it's football experts that want to pretend as if they believe San Jose State is as good as Notre Dame or Coastal Carolina is as good as Ohio State. That cannot possibly be their actual highly paid football analysis. And I think it boils down to People and analysts confusing concepts of best versus most deserving because those are different concepts that mean different things. Um, Most deserving is about fairness. Why isn't it a combination? See, everybody wants to get bogged down and it's either the best or the most deserving. I'm like, actually, I think it's like a a marriage of the two. You've got to, you've right. got to have a little bit of both here and see, that's the other thing. Neuheisel, who is a PAC 12 Homer. He went on and on about how, well, how cool will it be if PAC 12 champion Oregon was the eight seed and they were playing Alabama this weekend. I'm like, well, yeah, I think that would be cool. I would love to see the game, but does Oregon deserve to play for a national championship at four and two? No, they don't. They don't. So why do we want, why are we advocating for it? It's stupid. And, you know, here's one other thing. You know, it, it's really the Landon Dickerson injury that you can look at and, and point to this. 
if there was a whole nother round of playoffs, so there's a whole nother round now, and it's one verse eight and two verse seven, three verse six. So Alabama at number one will be playing whoever is number eight. And let's pretend that's Cincinnati. Well, Alabama would be a 26-point favorite in this national championship playoff and play Cincinnati. What happens when Alabama is winning 35-3 to in the third quarter and then Najee Harris gets hurt or Devontae Smith gets hurt? So then, so then Alabama's got to go play again against, uh, you know, a next opponent, and you're down, you're down people. And now it's not a real matchup of what really Alabama was versus, you know, Clemson or Notre Dame or, you know, whatever it is when you get down to the semifinal. Um, adding more games, especially what I would call unnecessary, is it, is it necessary for Alabama to prove that they're better than Cincinnati? That's... I, I'm just dead set uh, against expansion. Although I know it's coming, I, I knew oh, it coming. was. It, it was my lament when we went from two to four. It wasn't about four sucks or four's not the right number or four isn't fair. It's that four was going to be eight, and then eight is going to be sixteen. I mean, that, that, it, we have a hard enough time finding four teams. Now we're going to find eight, and where does that end? And now all of a sudden, once you hit eight. And definitely once you hit 16, college football has lost what made it special, which is the best regular season in sports. When you have eight or 16 teams in your postseason, then you can lose during the regular season and, and, and no longer does every game matter. So see, that's, that's why I'm against all this and why I'm against going to eight. Uh, because see, if you go why I was eight, against going to four. See, if you go to eight, and again, these talking heads just don't put any thought into this. They're just like, hey, you know, this is this seems well, I just feel so bad for Coastal Carolina. I, I'm sorry that you feel bad for them, but maybe the group of five and that they can have their own thing because it's I feel bad for Landon Dickerson. He had to play 11 games against 11 SEC opponents, and he ended up getting hurt late in one of them because we played 11 and Oregon and Ohio State play six. That's bullshit. <sighs> And it so, really is. Um, and it's bullshit. We have to play 11 SEC games to prove we're the number one seed. Ohio State gets to play six games against a bunch of dump trucks, and they get to be the three seed. That's bullshit. So everybody's dealing with some bullshit, guys. I'm sorry about that. Um, but the other thing is, I don't think a lot of these th- these guys even recognize the fact that, okay, if you want to expand the playoffs, let's go ahead and do it. Take games. Now, what we're going to the first thing everybody's going to do if I were the SEC and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. We're not going to have an SEC championship game. We're just going to go back to the way we used to do it. Now, money-wise, that may not make any sense, so they may not do that. So what they'll do instead is say, okay, we're taking out one game. And that one game is one of these chintzy-ass contests, that uh, these paycheck games that these small school gets. And then the small schools go, hey, wait a minute. Um, that's our entire budget for everything. <laughs> And, right. and they're like, we don't want to do this. Thanks a lot, Rick Neuheisel. We appreciate the help, but now we're broke. Um, or uh, how about uh, saying, okay, the SEC is going to say, you know what the, What we're going to do instead? We're not going to get rid of the Chintzy games. Because we realize now that it doesn't matter because if Coastal Carolina has as much a shot as anybody, why on earth would Alabama play Ohio State in the regular season like we have upcoming or Notre Dame or Texas or Oklahoma? 
Why would we schedule those games? That makes no sense. So Alabama, get rid of those games. LSU, get rid of the Clemson game. Auburn, get rid of the Penn State game. Take all those games off the slate because they're stupid to play them because you could get hurt or lose the game. So let's not play them because, see, Coastal Carolina has proven that if you play Thompson and Pelham and uh, Mobile Christian, you can still get in the playoffs. And then everybody's going to say, wait a minute, we like those non-conference games. Why do you want to get rid of those? Well, because, see, we've got to go in our best interest. Just like y'all are trying to look out for the little guy, we have to go in our best interest. We can't – the the big boy conferences can't absorb everything just to let – San Jose State and Coastal Carolina get a shot at a playoff, which, frankly, we know they cannot win. It makes no sense. Good rant. Thank you. Now I need to go to (laughs) betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go, and you want to use promo code Locked On. Look, that promo code gets you a lot of stuff. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N gets you a lot of stuff. And for BetOnline.ag, it gets you a 50% welcome bonus. You can have all the NFL games of the week. You could have bet on the Bengals last night on the money line. You would have made some cash money. Boy, you can bet on college time. football game, bowl games coming up. You can bet on – well, by the way, this game, this podcast will be for the next day, so I guess it would have been two days ago, whatever. Um, but BetOnline.ag <laughs> is where you want to go. It's the one place that has you covered – and one place that the Locked On Network trusts. That is true. I have signed up. I have gotten my bonus. I have played some poker. I have made some money. I appreciate it. I'm so glad that uh, they set us up with this. You can go to at betonline underscore AG um, for their Twitter feed, et cetera. Uh, but really, you just want to go to betonline.ag to sign up and be sure to use that promo code locked on. It's going to give you a 50% welcome bonus, as I've said. So it makes no sense not to go at this point. You're giving, they're giving away free money. Would you go there? We do it for you. All right, Jimmy, in this last segment, um, you know, I just had a thought. I don't really want to spend a lot of time. We need to get to the recruit superlative thing here pretty shortly. And that may be for the next podcast, but um, you know, I thought about next year is next year's Florida Bama game going to be the the CBS has us again next year, right? Don't they have us for the next couple of years? CBS has the SEC contract for two more seasons. Okay. I believe 21 and 22. There are rumors that ABC could reach right. a financial deal with CBS and and buy out their remaining two years, but I, I I don't I don't think with any certainty that's going to happen. So I think we need to assume it will still be the same TV situation for the SEC for two more seasons. Okay. So um, anyway, let's assume it's CBS, and I would think Alabama at Florida is going to be CBS night game. You know they do one surefire night game a year, and I think Alabama at Florida next year will be the CBS night game. But the funny thing is. It's going to look so much different. No Kyle Pitts, who's already opted out and said he's going into the draft. Right. No Kadarius Toney. Um, uh, no, we assume there'll be no Kyle Trask. I doubt he comes back. It wouldn't make a lot of sense for him to come back. No Mac Jones. Uh, obviously, no Najee Harris on and on into the night. No Devontae Smith. Um, so, in the end, the, even though I think that's the matchup they'll choose for the night game, it's going to be Emory Jones against Bryce Young. That's going to be interesting. Wow. I would also – you know who I, I think will be a, a big story next year, though? Well, well Florida is certainly very good, and that's a great matchup because Alabama doesn't play Florida every year, and it's in the swamp. But uh, Alabama-Texas A&M, I think, is going to be really oh, yeah. big next year. Uh, A&M returns a lot. They've recruited well, 
and uh, they're excited about their young quarterback over there, Haynes King, and and uh, I think he could be a big thing next year. And uh, I think they they need they might need to take a long look at Alabama at Texas A and M. And uh, is that the game that a former Saban assistant finally gets the big guy? Uh, you know that'll be a big national story since that stats played up all the time. So, uh, but Alabama at Florida, boy, what a tough game and what a tough schedule Alabama has next year. Uh, playing, brilliant. yeah, playing a highly rated Miami team in the opener. I mean, Miami, I, I, I don't think they're going to be as good as Alabama. And Alabama's going to be favored to win, maybe by as many as 10, 12, 14 points. But Miami is going to be ranked very high, maybe or in the top 10 or, or top 12, and that's to kick off the season. But at Florida, at Texas A&M, at Auburn, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough, man. Um, but again, we, we will have, I know we're going to lose a lot, but we're bringing back a lot of talent too. And the defense may be the, defense, what carries sure. the water next year. And here, and I go back to this. Um, Every now and again, you have a moment where you're like, oh, okay, we're getting that guy back. And at first, I was uncertain. For instance, Devontae Smith, when Devontae Smith started doing his thing against Ole Miss and LSU and, you know, was having a big year, and, and I knew we were losing. I knew we were going to lose Judy and Ruggs. Now, everybody can say, well, they were on the fence and blah, blah, blah. It felt like they were coming out all along. But Devontae always seemed like the guy that might be back. I was like, I think we're in good hands now. I was worried about who the number two guy – well, not number two because that was Waddle, but uh, who the number three guy was going to be. And so that was uh, Mechie. And Mechie. I was like, let's see. Let's see what happens here. And then I'm, I'm telling you, Mechie's hit on uh, Florida, the the guy who intercepted the ball, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, uh, Marco that, Wilson. Mar- oh, Marco yeah, Wilson. That's, that's the shoot guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's Marco Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, that's right. So he gets nailed. And when that happens, I'm like, okay, I feel good about Mechie for next year because that's the kind of play that Devontae Smith would make to give me confidence that I don't give a shit about the catching aspect. I know he can catch. I know he can run. But will he do the other stuff to be a leader? And now I have full confidence in John Mechie. That's right. And, uh, I, you know, I, I felt pretty good about Mechie coming into the year, frankly, based on what we had seen from him in the past. But next year – I mean, next year, uh, I mean, basically we're kind of starting over on offense personnel-wise is, is the way to look at it. And next year, while yeah. there's some intriguing candidates at wide receiver in terms of, hey, I'm excited about a few of these guys, none of them are proven. And until Agreed. they are proven, you don't really know. But, you know, Javon Baker could be a big part of things. Maybe he's the second best. Uh, maybe it's Jones Bell. Uh, you know, who, who's an exciting slot guy. Maybe it's one of the freshmen from the incoming group, like Ja'Cory Brooks or JoJo Earl. Uh, as hey, guys, but, but it's a wide-open situation. This year, more so than, than last year, or this coming year, more so than last spring, we need a spring practice. And so oh, yes. um, it's it's a big deal that, that we have this thing under control, this this – COVID a little bit more under control so that Alabama, I mean, now that goes for everybody in football. I mean, I think everybody needs another spring practice now, but Alabama particularly, because I think we could get back. Mac Jones had been through enough springs to where it wasn't a big deal. Um, we, not, we knew what Najee Harris was and Devontae Smith. I mean, they're going to work on their own, but we need a spring this year to, to 
you know, kind of separate the good from the bad or whatever. The hell well, there's wide is. open competition <clears throat> at Alabama at several spots, including wide receiver, offensive line, even running back where Alabama loses Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. I mean, uh, what's Trey Sanders' health like? Uh, yeah, can Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams basically handle first team running back duties? Alabama loses their top tight end in Miller Forrestall and, and probably uh, one of their better depth guys in, in Carl Tucker. Uh, you know, the offensive line loses three starters. So uh, Bryce Young is, is brand new to all these first team reps and being the first team quarterback. So uh, it, it's, it's a start over situation for the offense. Luckily, most of the defense returns and will sort of carry the team early. So is Pete Golding back? Do you, do you bring Pete Golding back? Because almost all the defense is back for continuity's sake. I mean, I think that's a question that faces Alabama in the offseason. So I think that's a great point, Luke. More than any other, Alabama really will need a spring practice. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with another uh, Christmas Eve edition. It's a feel-good edition. Uh, yes. Put a little eggnog, put a little Coors Light in it, and uh, enjoy Who's it. Who's going to turn down Auburn between now and then? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, at first, I was like, why are we recording a podcast literally 24 hours before we release it? Because what if Auburn gets a coach? And I was like, silly, Luke. Auburn's not going to have a coach by then. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right, I wonder buddy. if this statement's gonna be. I wonder if this statement's <laughs> going to be spoken between now and Thursday. You can have the job, but you have to keep Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator. And you hear this very exciting, I'll take it from Houston Nutt. Oh, God. Please. Well, I did just see Josh, Josh Vitale, or is it Josh Vitale? I assume it's Vitale. I don't know. Um, and I'm not really sure who he is. I just know he tweets a lot. Uh, let me see who he is. Josh Vitale. Uh, well, I just clicked on it. It went away. He said something like, okay, if I were Auburn, I would back up the Brinks truck to Mario Cristobal. First of all, that's another thing people don't understand. I think the Brinks truck was already used to give <laughs> Gus Malzahn all his shit. So, um, so now they could use like an F-350. I mean, they don't need a Brinks truck anymore. Um, so he's like, back up the Brinks truck and make Mario Cristobal say no. But if that doesn't work, hear me out, head coach Travis Williams. And all I can say to that is <laughs> – Oh, Lord, please, yes. Please go from linebacker's coach to head coach with zero experience. Please do that at Auburn University. Now, there will be somebody who says, what about Dabo? What about Dabo? He was interim coach for a while and proved himself. He didn't get like a gazillion dollars initially, and he's in the ACC. <laughs> and he was in the ACC at a time when Florida State was falling off a cliff, and so was Miami. But Travis Williams will be coming to the SEC West with Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, who's building something, um, an LSU team that's always loaded with talent, but schizophrenic. Uh, Mike Leach, who throws something different at you uh, than any other team in the conference. Lane Kiffin, who would love to embarrass anybody and usually does. And sometimes it's um, the husbands of some of the wives he may be going out with. <laughs> um, and I mean, just on and on into the night, it just makes no sense. But anyway, uh, we're running out of time. So let me just say, uh, roll tight. Roll tight.